I'm Gus Aguirre, here with Elliot Nichols, and we are students from the Franklin School of Innovation, and we are making a podcast about climate change and how it's affecting not only the world, but right here in our own town of Asheville, North Carolina. This podcast was edited by Luke Schmidt, written by Haley Cheney, and assisted by Grant Latham. Over the past few decades, the Earth's CO2 content has increased to an alarming statistic. According to NASA, since 1950, the carbon dioxide has increased by 100 parts per million. The effects of this are extremely apparent and this problem needs to be solved. These issues will lead to not only more problems for the Earth, but for us, the humans living on it. We spoke with Caroline Kennedy, a wildlife habitat expert who knows the terrifying future that is in store for the ecosystems. We visited an ephemeral pond, which is a pond that dries up during the summer. When we went during early March, the perfect time to find amphibians. She talked to us about her job and what she does daily. Picking up my chest waders, driving out to a bog and walking around in the water counting egg masses. So that's, I guess, another thing I really like about my job is that my days are different all the time. She's incredibly experienced since she does these things every day. During our experience, we first stood at the edge of the pond at Sandy Bottom and watched her as she waded into pond water. She walked back over to us, holding a cage in her hand with around 10 to 15 newts inside. She explained that these newts are doing very well in the numbers and she finds these a lot. In the cluster of newts in the cage, there was one larger salamander inside. This was a mole salamander. These are common but hard to find because they hide underground most of the time. The salamander was also pregnant which made this whole trip start off with a positive outlook. These awesome creatures are thriving. But it's not all good news. During the time we interviewed Caroline, she talked to us about how more of the mountaintop species are becoming rarer and closer to extinction. We learned a lot about the ephemeral pond ecosystem and how its balance can be easily offset. Even seeming this extreme, it's just a small portion of the effects of climate change. With the climate change causing more extreme weather patterns, ephemeral ponds becoming too wet or too dry could be a huge issue for the whole ephemeral pond ecosystem. We shouldn't be harming our world. We are only hurting ourselves and not enough people are aware of this. We need to do something and save these ponds and these creatures. The globe is progressively getting hotter and most of these creatures in the ecosystem are getting affected by this increase of temperature. Caroline expressed concern for these species of salamanders that rely on these ephemeral ponds to reproduce. She specifically talked about marble salamanders and mole salamanders, respectively have a low population, and they rely on ephemeral ponds for breeding because the lack of fish and predators makes it easier for their young. If these ponds become regular ponds because of the heat rising, there won't be any more of these salamanders left. Caroline also mentioned how the future of certain local species especially ones that dwell at the top of mountains are in danger and how it's becoming more challenging for them to travel anywhere. Some species of salamanders in this region only live on very specific mountaintops, so they are not able to travel from one population to the other population through these valleys that are relatively dry. And as it gets hotter, we might see that these animals really need to move to cooler climates, but. If you're at the top of the mountaintop, there's no place to go, right? So there's not an ability to migrate to um, surrounding areas because of where they already exist. The salamanders of Asheville, North Carolina are an example. 
Sandy Bottom is right across the road from the French Broad. So this is a special weight on our shoulders as these ponds in the Appalachian Mountains have the most salamander diversity in the world. Salamanders are born as fish-like creatures with only gills and a tail. When time progresses, they start to grow into land creatures. Salamanders need a perfect habitat to breed and give birth in, and ephemeral ponds have almost the exact same process that baby salamanders need to grow. The spotted salamander is one of many local salamander species that relies on these ephemeral ponds to reproduce. Miss Kennedy talked about how if we get increasingly wetter years and the pond doesn't dry up regularly, it will have a negative impact on the existing communities, and salamanders will have difficulties reproducing. We mentioned earlier that this region has the highest salamander diversity in the world. Some species only live specifically on mountaintops, and these animals need cooler climates. But on the mountaintop, there isn't anywhere to go. Because of this, there isn't an ability to migrate around surrounding areas because of where they already live. These salamanders have cutaneous respiration where they breathe across their entire body. And when it's dry and hot, this makes the gas exchange a lot harder for them. Um, certainly the most recent predictions I've seen on what we're expecting to experience in the southeastern United States um, is an increase in temperature and also an increase in the amount of precipitation and the intensity of precipitation. And so that could affect amphibians in a number of different ways. One of those ways is by changing the habitat. So the ephemeral pond that we were at today should dry up every few years. And if we have an increasingly um, we have increasingly wetter years where the pond doesn't dry up, that's gonna change the communities that exist in those ponds and the ability for things like spotted salamanders and wood frogs um, to have successful reproduction and output from those ponds. So just by changing the, the ecosystem, it could dramatically affect those populations. While the globe gets warmer, there's more rain coming down and that makes the very important ephemeral ponds start to decay into regular ponds. You might be wondering, what are those ephemeral ponds? And why are they so important to keep salamanders to survive? Ephemeral ponds are small fishless pools in forested areas that lack a connection to a permanent water body that usually dry out by mid-late summer. When dry, they may resemble small sedge meadows or marshes or merely a deep leafy depression in a hardwood forest. I am concerned about the ephemeral pond breeders that we have around here. Even though the wood frog populations and the spotted salamander populations um, are relatively robust right now, um, some of the other animals that use these ponds for breeding, um, like marbled salamanders, for example, and the mole salamander that we saw today, they also use these sites, and those populations are not as large. And Again, having those kind of fish-free, predator-free habitats is really important for them to have successful reproduction. Um, and so I'm worried about those ephemeral pond breeders as the habitat changes to a more consistently wet versus all alternating dry and wet habitat. Salamanders are a key figure to keeping our ecosystem balanced. Many insects are a part of the salamander's diet including beetles and flies and springtails and ants and worms. 
eat the foliage like trees and bushes that absorb the carbon dioxide in the air that creates the oxygen for all of us mammals to breathe. Without these salamanders, there are more insects being deposited to the ecosystem. This interrupts the balance and creates an obvious instability. The trees in the ecosystem are dying, resulting in more carbon emissions to be let loose, creating the global climate start to change and get warmer. So if this process is broken, the entire breeding process halts and the salamander eggs will start to be eaten, lowering the salamander's rate of birth. And soon the insects eventually start to flourish. All these insects begin to eat the leaves and start to contribute to the infamous deadly circle of climate change. The rising population of insects doesn't just affect the salamander populations. They affect many other animals, ecosystems, and even resources for humans. Having an uncontrolled and growing population of insects leads to crop damage. The crop damage you could see would be things like less fresh fruit and even possible more diseased food. Some bugs the salamanders eat kill trees by infesting them and eating them around the bark. With a lot more trees dying near ephemeral ponds, there's more soil erosion and when it rains, there is nothing to keep the banks from eroding. With the progression of erosion, there will be more and more river clogging, making the rivers and ponds muddy with the low turbidity. The lower the turbidity and the dirtier the water, the harder it is for salamanders to live, for they breathe through their skin and when the water is soiled, it basically chokes them and provides them of clean water. Without the clean water, they're forced to move into other living spaces, compelling them to interact with species they wouldn't normally interact with. The journey would send them through terrain that they're completely not used to. Caroline Kennedy also talked about how salamanders often need to move throughout their lives. And this could also be a problem for many certain mountaintop species. When they try to migrate across mountaintops, they end up not being able to actually migrate because of the valleys between the mountaintops are too hot. And this problem is only made worse because of the climate change. But it's not just the mountains that this crisis is happening in. The plains of Mexico have also been majorly affected by the decrease in salamander population. With the decreasing population of salamanders that prey on these pests, the population of the insects continue to rise and they're damaging crops and generally causing disruption of these previously balanced ecosystems. Many countries have been affected by the increase in temperature across the world. The axolotl, or Ambistoma mexicanum, is a special salamander species that lives exclusively in the lake network of Xochimilco near Mexico City. These, quote-unquote, walking fish, maintain their gills throughout their adult life. In extremely rare cases, an axolotl will progress to maturity and literally walk out of the water, but most are content with the warm waters of Xochimilco. Life isn't so good for these funny-looking amphibians, though. Mexico City has a population of 8.9 million people, and the demands of people are seriously getting damaged in the population of the axolotls. The pollution of Xochimilco is causing a negative trend in their population growth. They have been labeled IUCN Red List of Threatened Species as critically endangered. If they go extinct, the population of their prey will expand and completely disrupt the ecosystem. All ecosystems are a fine balance of different species interacting with each other. So if one falls out of the loop, all the other species are thrown off as well. To maintain these ecosystems working at a maximum efficiency, we have to keep every species in balance where they all affect each other. 
You may be asking, but what can we do locally to help? Well, we have a plan to help the salamanders of Asheville. The plastic you throw away can end up in ponds and streams and harm their homes. So we encourage you to go to your local Walmart or Lowe's or even Home Depot and buy a recycling bin and put a sign on it indicating what specific things should be put inside of it. You can find these informational signs on the website bit.ly slash easyrecyclecvma. They're easy to read and understand. This will help conquer the problem of climate change. This will help cause a ripple effect in your community, making everyone find a solution and solving the problem, making life easier for future generations. Here at the Franklin School of Innovation, we hope to make it a school-wide norm to recycle and advocate for it more. There are so many more ways we hurt the planet than we help it. We do things like choose our own cars instead of carpooling, throw recycling in the trash, transporting food from across countries, leaving a huge carbon footprint. But just by recycling, it helps save the earth. Turning off lights at night helps save the earth. Buying local helps save the earth. All these things are so easy to change in your life and can save the earth. So why not change them? Our climate is changing faster than we really believe. We have hurricanes ravaging our coastal cities. We have entire species of animals going extinct. If we don't take steps to end this, how will our leaders know that we want a change? We hope you got something out of this and are inspired to join our fight for survival. Thank you.